Welcome back, Bannock folks. It's a lovely Wednesday. I just got back from the East Coast. Thank you for everyone who came out to that show. Thank you, everyone I saw, everyone who gave props to Bannockdotes. Yeah, you know, it felt really good. It felt good to be playing shows again. You know, it's the first time in two and a half years for myself. So I'm really excited that you folks got to see some of those gigs. Thank you for coming out. Now, if you aren't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast by Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. And then uh, give this video a like. Leave a comment down below. Tell us if you like this or if you don't like it. Now, I think you're going to like this one. This guy's a local legend. But uh, before we get into that, let's jump into some local Ontario shows. That's right. We got lots of cool gigs happening in the month of July in the lovely province of Ontario. Today, Wednesday, July 13th in Ottawa, the Brass Monkey, you can check out Falsifier with Born Anew and Salt Wounds, playing with Soul Thief and Nihilist. Friday, July 15th in Toronto at the Hard Luck, we have Raider with Thetherius, Stench of Death and Gland. In Ajax that night at the Rotisha List, we have Badger Milk, Loose Teeth, Constrain and Doom Whale. In Oshawa that night at the Atria, we have Choices Made, playing with Cross Dog, Poison Fountains, and Mad Murdochs. Saturday, July 16th in Toronto at the Bovine, we have Choices Made, with Hounds, Cross Dog, and Gold Gnomes. In Hamilton at the Kill Room, we have Loose Teeth, Constrain, LMI, and Headcrawl. Thursday, July 21st at the Warehouse, we have Sunnyside, Wish Ender, Ocular Trauma, and No Orphans. That's going to be a killer gig. Definitely come out to that. That's a Banecdotes Presents show. So definitely come out to that. That's happening in St. Catharines. going to be a good time. Friday, July 22nd in Hamilton, however, at the doors, we have Dethereus with Stench of Death and our homies in Last Wretch. Saturday, July 23rd in London at the Dome, we have Strange Ways with their boys in Reality Tonight and Evil Vision. In Kitchener that night at Jack Burger, we have Life in Vacuum, Jolette, Terry Green, and Soul Pass. Blind Girls and Basque are doing a couple shows together. They're together in July 26th in Ajax at the Rotitialist, July 27th in Hamilton at the Doors Pub, July 28th in Waterloo at the Button Factory. Sounds kind of fun. And July 30th in Toronto at New Friends Fest. Wednesday, July 27th in Mississauga, we have Botfly with Strange Limbs, Quiet Earth, and Spook the Beast at St. Louis Bar and Grill. Thursday, July 28th in St. Catharines at the Warehouse, we have Welland Wasted with The Holdouts, Deck Piss, and New Union. That's a Banecdotes Presents show. Definitely come out to that. Really looking forward to seeing all that punk rock music happening in St. Catharines. Love to see it. Saturday, July 30th in Toronto at the Rock Pile, we have Get the Shot with Enemy of God, Born Without Hope, Offside, Twin Rivals, and Hostage. In London that night at Victoria Park, we have a free show with the Rebel Few, the Filthy Radicals, Solarus, K-Man, and the 45s, and that's at Ribfest. That's going to be a good time. 
September 9th and 10th, of course, in Mississauga at the Hansa House, we have Damage Control and Solace Music Promotions presents Hold Your Ground Fest 22. You know the drill. This one's going to be a killer time. So many cool bands are playing this show, like friggin' Never Ending Game, Mind Force, Pain of Truth. Come on, are you, are you kidding me? We got also Dare playing with Gridiron and Momentum. Cold Shoulder and Cohesion are also playing that. We got Mile End and Endgame. Holy shit, that's going to be a killer show. Big fucking hardcore fest for Ontario. Definitely go out to that if you're in any way, shape, or form a, a fan of hardcore because it's all going to be there. Meet some new friends if you're new to the scene. Listen, let's all be friendly. Things have, uh, things have happened in the last couple of years. Let's uh, cool our jets a bit and just open our arms to new people coming out uh, to, to shows in general. Make sure you grab your tickets at holdyourgroundfest.com. Wow, folks, so many cool shows that are happening. We just played a couple cool shows. I'm so glad that things are happening and kicking off real nicely. All right, let's get into my guest this week. We have Tyler Dupuy. Now, Tyler and I, you know, we've within the last decade of just actually recently become friends, but he, him and I have been around in the music scene for a long time. He's been a familiar face with all the different bands that he's played in. And uh, it, it was great to get him in here and talk because he's got a new band, uh, Hellish Rebuke. And that's for all my D&D nerds who know what that's about. We get into a little bit of that. We talk a little bit about the shows here, talk a little bit about himself. Uh, I had uh, Hexus over the night before, so I'm a little groggy. I apologize for that, but you know how it is. These things happen. All right, folks, let's just write, let's just jump right into the episode. Let's go. Folks, you're tuning in to another episode of Banecdotes, a podcast that holds it down for the underground sound here in Ontario, Canada. And my guest this week is Tyler Dupuy. How are you? How's it going? Good, good, good. So it's a Sunday. You have it off. Yes, absolutely. How has it been so far? You said you were at the mall? Uh, yeah, just getting uh, some food and tooling around a little bit before we started this thing. I still live in the area. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. This is like my own stomping grounds, kind of. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, do you want to let the audience know a little bit about yourself? Maybe a bit of the history? The Joker origin story. <laughs> yeah. Well, first off, yeah, thanks for having me on this podcast. Oh, hell love, yeah. I love the format. Thank you. I think it's amazing. There's a lot of, uh, you know, Canadian music podcasts, but, you know, this is uh, this is one that's really easy to watch and really kind of entertaining. Oh, thank you. It's very cool. You had Arco Warrior on here. Oh, he was great. Pat Murphy. Like, Pat Murphy has so much to, like, oh, to do with... Magma music in general. Oh yeah, totally it's crazy. But yeah, I've uh, I've been in bands for a long time. I was thinking about it like when we were coming to do this thing, but I'm like, it's been just about 20 years. Yeah. Wow. Like I'm 34. Damn. And uh, you know, I've been going to shows. Um, like I started going to shows when I was like 14. Yeah. You know, and uh, the summer of grade nine, and um, I just kind of stumbled upon one in the falls, um, and it was like a Niagara metal show i don't know if it was one of cam's shows cam shorts this would be a heavy name drop episode. yeah that's fine that's fine and uh in the falls this place called barely legal um and it was right by the bus station in the falls and it, it closed like forever ever ago but you if you remember the barely legal like it was i think it was like the the fireside or something like that before that and okay. it was like a very very early i think this was probably 2004 and uh it was like nangari 
and uh, Smith's Grove and Two Knives, something like that. Like one of those, you there know, you a very, very Niagara heavy yeah. show, right? And I was like, I had no idea what was going on. Just people like moshing and, you know, I'd never really been exposed to that. But prior to that, it was mostly just like your dad's records and stuff like that. Sure. But I kind of grew up on doing that, like, you know, digging through records and, and you know, looking at the icon iconography of rock and, you know, just kind of idolizing, you know, the the classics and stuff like that right. your parents get into. But, uh, you know, it wasn't really until I stumbled across, like, one of those shows that I was like, oh, there's, like, other shit. There's, like, you know, people that you are around you that, you know, they're just as good as, like, you know, um, I don't want to say, like, Robert Plant or something like that, but that was, like, basically what my parents grew up on was, like, sure. Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. Yeah. Deep Purple. But I looked at that, like, you know, how young kids today probably look at Theory of a Dead Man. I was like, that's, like, old old man shit. Butt rock. Grandpa's guitar. <laughs> Grandpa's guitars. But, you know, obviously, as I grew up, like, I, I got appreciation for that stuff, and, you know, but I was, like, super grateful now that I grew up, like, knowing the name, like, Rob Halford, mm -hmm. and, you know, knowing Ozzy, like, from a very young age, and, like, looking at Ozzy and, uh, like, Alice Cooper records and being like, oh, this is, you know, some, some deep shit. Yeah, some yeah. Some dark, heavy stuff. <laughs> But that was one of the first shows I ever went to, and just, just kind of stumbled across it with some friends and stuff like that. And up till then, it was mostly like your parents' music and like um, you know CDs you pick up at the mall. And um, you know, I didn't really start getting into bands until like I was probably about fifteen, sixteen. And um, that was the first band I was in was called The Primetime Tragedy. Right. It was uh, me and Chris McCurdy. Yeah. And uh, the other guys that I think they've all like gone and you know done grown up things with their lives. Right. We're the only like you know adult. You know, kids running around still. Right? Yeah, but uh, you know that was uh, that was mostly stemming from Welland. Like I was, I was from the Falls, but like shows in the Falls, uh, I wasn't really like I was kind of a background player at those shows. I never really like sure, you know, really hung out with people from the Falls. I went to Welland, right, and uh, I was always looking for a ride to Welland shows, uh, <laughs> Rose Villa, um, the Lions Hall, things like that. I was always trying to get, you know, just in with people from Welland. I was hanging out with people from Welland. Sure girlfriend in Welland you know right. I mean, it just it was I was always trying to get there like I was always trying to bum rides with mm -hmm. my parents out there and uh um I started meeting people that were hanging out at shows and uh, in person and through the internet like uh probably 2003 or 4 I started to learn about um the Bedlam Society website oh yeah which like that was game changing for me huge because I barely had a computer at that point right and uh like I wasn't even downloading music really it was just like um a, a place to you know, learn about what was going to happen in the area. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I learned about it through the, uh, there's like advertisements for it up at the Sunrise Records. Okay. In the Niagara Square. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, as a Falls kid, I'm like, I'm seeing all advertisements for Welland shows mm -hmm. and St. Catherine shows. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, what's going on out there? Like, I want to be part of that. And, uh, you know, people talking about it on the Bedlam board. And that's where you, you found out about shows. You met fan members yeah that sort of thing and that's kind of how i ended up uh, with uh, primetime tragedy and we just like you know ripped off lexus on fire sure <clears throat> and it was like that was the only thing anybody ever wanted to do yeah and i find that's kind of been like a kind of uh you know the the first like 10 years of my being in bands yeah which is kind of like what are the boys doing yeah it was like it was like another type of chill sure another type of hang with the fellas yeah and it was like you know, I mean, you, you just get in around people who like music and make music. And, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, it's like, what do you, what's your deal? What are you about? And, uh, you know, uh, I guess, uh, you know, me and my friends just kind of like locked our identities around 
like we are we, we go to shows we hang out yeah and we party <laughs> a little bit of burnouts skipping class and stuff like that you know but uh that was kind of like how it all started was just like summing up on like oh there's this whole other world of stuff that's happening like all around us and there's like you know you know uh, sunrise records in, the, in niagara falls like niagara square it was like legendary it was like a cultural right. hub for me you know being a young kid i think i was like got my first my first record i ever bought with my own money as like a very young kid I was like six or seven years old going into a store with my stepdad and getting like you know some some punk cd or something like that yeah and um just learning about you know local music and indie music and and stuff like that and, and just other stuff other than like you know what's on the radio right yeah and now uh now you're playing in a new band, but you, you you had taken a break for a little while there, right? Well, the I mean, uh, I I've done in the last in the last like seven or eight years, I've had like a few major projects that that I've done that I felt were were more close to what I would want to do. Yeah, like uh, in meeting up with people who are a little bit more like minded and, mm -hmm. and wanting to do. Um, well, I've always kind of veered towards extreme music, mm -hmm. power violence, death metal, grindcore. Um, and uh, stuff like that, and so um, you know, getting in, getting into music in the area, you start meeting people who you know like that sort of same thing, and yeah. you can kind of form up and crew up and make uh, you know at least an attempt at doing what you what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, so the the break that had come was was like partly due to COVID, um, you know, partly due to people just kind of like not wanting to even think about doing shows. Like I think none right. of us really knew like what was gonna was going to come out of it but mm -hmm. i feel like COVID kind of like you get a little bit of patience out of it and you're like a little bit more focus and so our my new band hellish rebuke yeah um we just dropped immortal shell on Bandcamp. you can definitely check that out there'll be tapes and shirts and all kinds of crazy shit coming out soon but uh hellish rebuke was something that uh, kind of stemmed from uh the band grindstone that's right that we had done uh and of course you know phil you've been with every step of the way for the like the last you know eight or nine years yeah like, i think okay. you, you... all right sorry about that folks <laughs> <laughs> we back, we back. we'll have to we'll have to cut that in there but uh yeah yeah yeah, the last eight years, um, there's been a, like a few major projects that I feel that were really kind of reflecting what my actual like artistic, you know, what my hopes are for music and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Because prior to that, I've been in a lot of bands, like I said, that were just kind of like playing to a style or trying to, you know, copy whatever was 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 you know popular at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like ripping off Alexis on Fire or playing like covers of hardcore songs. You know, stuff like that. Um, but getting into uh, bands like Without when we started doing that, yeah, uh, and uh, the whole um, first starting in Welland at the courthouse, um, the otherwise known as the wrong place I feel people call it. You're uh, right. A lot of hardcore shows happen there in yeah. Welland, and uh, like bigger hardcore shows happen there. And um, it was basically the courthouse that had been sectioned off by a slumlord, uh, Paul Senior, that that ran the place. Right, and right. And he had us jamming in this like. It was like a 15 by six room <laughs> and it was like very shoddily wired up in there and okay. they basically put some drywall up and he had like <laughs> us jamming in there is um uh plague worm uh at the time or ox tongue was upstairs at the time 
Um, and uh, there was um, a bunch of different bands, like Single Mothers would jam there. And there was in a, that small room, right? It, well, these are all like, it was like a huge courtroom that had been split up into little sections so that each room had like a, a lock on it so you could keep your stuff in yeah. there. Yeah, we recorded our first single in there. Nice. Yeah, because Davis was recording out of... Yeah, yeah, literally it was just in, in a one room, yep. and we had like five guys jammed up in there, and we were recording the first uh, without single in there, um, just trying to get the sound right, and obviously it's a, it's a tiny, tiny room, but, you know, I think we, we did okay. Yeah. And this was before we moved into the school in Virgil, because mm -hmm. we had that, we basically had a whole school to ourselves with heavy hearts and red coat and... Uh, you know, Davis turned that into a recording studio too, and it was like we had a whole self-contained little like creative incubator. Like, you know, I mean, we had bands coming out of there. Like, there's like five, six bands jamming out of there, all sharing rent. Yeah, and uh, all hanging out, all recording records, and bands from all over the place would come and 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 record with Davis. And you know, it was kind of like a kind of like a golden era for us, I think. And uh, right, you know. A lot of the music we made around that time, I felt was kind of like, uh, again, it really did reflect like what I wanted to get across. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, obviously we, uh, we, we, once moving on from that, I started uh, a band with some people that we made friends with, mm -hmm. Please Drown. That's and, right. And uh, so it was, uh, you know, a few EPs out of that and a few band member changes and stuff like that. And uh, um, I felt like that was another like sludgier angle on on you know what my tastes are like bands like i hate god and mm -hmm. and stuff like that i i always wanted to make like a stoner sludgy band and, right uh, so that kind of did that for a while and um and then i started hanging out with chris spano who is like become you know really really like one of my best friends shout out to chris yeah and um we met each other through like doing like i was playing in without and he was playing another band yeah and uh we you know did shows together we did tours together and we just kind of like, just kind of, you know, fell in and you know, over our love of death metal and, and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. we started a band, the Grindstone Band. And um, it was kind of like a, like a primordial version of Hellish Rebuke. Like we, you know, we wrote a lot of riffs and stuff like that and, you know, kind of sharpened our, our you know, taste for it um, through that. And then when Hellish Rebuke came around, it was like, well, COVID was happening. Nothing was really happening. So we kind of just got together, um, just the four, at the time it was four of us. It was me and, and Chris Spano, Cole Keller, the drummer, mm -hmm. and um, Justin Cavalier, uh, who played in Fall McCartney. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we wrote, you know, a whole glut of songs and stuff like that during that time period. And we're like, this shit is never, you know, like we're never going to get to play a show. <laughs> yeah. We're never going to get to do that. So we never really rushed to get a bass player. Right. We never really, we just basically wrote a bunch of songs and, and you know, after a while, after a lot of like nights on the mega bus, coming back and forth to Toronto uh, <laughs> to try and jam this stuff out, we came up with the EP and uh, our buddy Dave Sheldon, um, who's out to, more towards Chris's end. You know, the, he's a he's in like northern GTA sort of situation, mm -hmm. um, and he helped us hone it and really work it into something really sick. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm glad that it's out now because it kind of again it represents like. A, a lot of focus mm -hmm. and there's not a lot else going on in our lives at that point. Um, I feel like making music really did help to get us through that period. And, uh, I don't know, like working with Chris is always just, we, we just, it just works. Like we just, yeah. we're just pals. We're just goofs. And, you know, we <laughs> laugh, uh, more than we riff, you know? So, 
Yeah, totally just works out. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, are there plans for now that the EP's out to you know to, for the shows? Is, yeah. is that the we're, we still are looking for a bass player. So, I mean, obviously this is like kind of part of the reason why I wanted to do this too, is that we could talk cool. about it a little bit and just say, you know, Hey, you know, we're looking for people to play bass and, you know, um, you know, we, we have, uh, some prospects out there, but it'd be nice to get started on, on doing shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, again, with, with COVID and seeing people like kind of jump out there and getting shows to get on the road and stuff like that it's kind of been, we're still taking our time a little bit with it. Sure. You know, and, uh, you know, we may even have another tape by the time that we have a, a full lineup. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, like we, we, again, we get together and jam on weekends and it's, uh, you know, it's something that is building and it's the next, the next stuff is going to be just as sick. If not nice, more disgusting. Yeah. That's the hope is just make people go, ugh. Yeah, <laughs> Ugh, that's what I want. Ugh. I want that that reaction of just the sickness, you know. Now, do you have any relation to the name Hellish Rebuke? Are you? Do you oh f- well, obviously it's a D and D reference, right? And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna point at Chris on that because yeah. Chris is like you know a huge D and D totally, and um, you know a lot of the guys that we you know pal around with, uh, you know they they play together and stuff yeah. like that, and uh, it's. Like, I don't play, <laughs> but I, you know, I mean, like I, I knew what it was and I was like, I thought that was pretty sick. It's uh, subtle enough. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, it was, it was Chris that chose that. And, um, you know, part of the, part of the, the, one of the hardest things to do when you're a front man is to kind of take a step back and not want to like, you know, steer the shit. Right. And, um, you know, I've, I've been accused of being overbearing in some situations. Sure. Which, you know, I mean, you're not wrong. You know, yeah. sometimes if I feel like I have a, a, a deep um, connection to the art and I feel like I have a, um, an angle on it that maybe the others aren't seeing, yeah. I'll, try to, I'll try to make sure that they at least hear me out, yeah. you know? And, and, and uh, you know, a lot of times uh, we, I, I try to serve the art as best I can and I'm not like... Because you can make decisions sometimes that... Uh, you know, I might be more generic decision. Yeah. And, and something like I, I would like to put a more personal angle on things and, sure. and, and, you know, I, you know, sometimes when we're dealing with, with artwork and stuff like that, it can be hard to agree on one thing or yeah. it can be hard to agree on like a t-shirt design and stuff like that. Just because, you know, imagery and aesthetic is so important with music. I just feel like that's a huge thing. Especially with and, the heavy music. Right. And sometimes a level of mystique is good too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's not good to pop out on a podcast like this. If you're like a black metal guy that's supposed to be living in like <laughs> a forest, you know, with yeah. a prosthetic nose or something. Yeah. yeah. But like you know realistically it's it's you know you you want people to have an image in their head when they hear music right right? like slayer has specific imagery morbid angel has specific imagery um and so when we were looking for art we found this artwork by warhead who does artwork for um sanguine sugarbog oh really and uh that he did the ep art um for hellish rebuke the immortal shell ep that, that that weird wolf and bear sort of thing yeah and uh, we've got another uh, alternate cover too that he's he's worked with us on. Cool. So when we drop it, it's probably going to have uh, we'll have some merch with that artwork on it and stuff like that. And just to got like I don't know, I just wanted to to have again. I could I feel like iconography is important when yeah. it comes to rock, like rock music and art in general. Mm-hmm. Having something that's kind of like that that marries itself to the sound is uh, is important too. That's, that definitely. Yeah. 
And I, I, like all my favorite bands have that like that one thing like Black Flag Bars, The Man Is the Bastard, like weird alien skull thing. Yeah. There's like there's there's imagery that's just out there that just sticks. Yeah. And um, you know, that's why sometimes I'll look at something and be like, oh, that's you know that doesn't really fit like what what I'm hearing when I hear music. Sure. And so if I you know I get kind of stressed about it sometimes <laughs> because everybody else has has you know sometimes you get overruled. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I just kind of like let it go, you yeah. know, but, yeah. but you know, but uh, if, if you're passionate enough, you'll get into some rounds with people over like, you know, what logos, what, what, logos, <laughs> what the sound should be, um, you know, whether you should play fast, you should play slow, yep. um, you know, whether your shit sounds like it's too, because like, especially with Hellish Rebuke, um, there's a lot of death metal out there. There's right. a lot of lot of music that is is kind of oversaturated right now in, in when it comes to death metal. But uh, I feel like we're not really leaning on any kind of like specifically old school. Like I feel that we didn't really come into into that into this with that in mind. Um, like I'm influenced by a lot of Morbid Angel and, mm -hmm. and and Napalm Death and stuff like that. And so I feel like a lot of that comes out in in music and and um, Chris is into like thrash and and you know um like heavy metal and uh and you know brutal death metal tech metal and technical death metal i should say and uh you know we kind of we kind of mesh our influences and and came out with that and and cole is just a beast of a drummer i don't think um you know he's really he's, he's not really played many live shows okay um but he does uh you know he's he's is incredible he's kind of like our secret weapon and, yeah and you know when we do get a chance to play live i feel like people are going to be blown away by his skill and you know that sort of thing and me i just kind of like this is this is another thing i have to keep in mind as a front man it's like i don't really have that much to contribute from the musical end right <laughs> yeah i don't I, yeah. I, I i can't lie i never really picked up guitar sure never really did any of that because all that stuff was already taken care of in my realm yeah right yeah and um i was always the one with you know to talk too much was reading the reading the books and and you know just having you know things having an opinion being loudmouth right prick and getting people's faces and shit so it, that was just kind of the 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 job that i fell into was being the the front man and 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 kind of um you know having having a say in the art and, and stuff like that just felt more important to me because of the fact that i had less to contribute on the musical end yeah so that's you know that's why you know I they like sometimes they get mockingly called fearless leader because I just like have such a yeah you know, sometimes I have like a pretty a pretty you know solid thought of what I think should happen right and uh, you know I I just have to learn to I had to learn to be more collaborative <laughs> sure but um, coming in like it's nice coming into a band like uh, like Chris inviting me to join to do vocals in a band mm -hmm. was like oh it's kind of like I can just play my role mm -hmm. and like you know oh they've already got a band name good I don't have to think about one yeah cool yeah <laughs> and I don't have to like you know I don't have to argue with anybody over like what I think is cool right right did you come up with the song titles yeah or? yeah cool yeah. and uh, you know lyrically I try to pull from like true crime and stuff like that nice. I try to you know I again I'm, I'm always reading books and, and I pull a lot from like my you know, my, you know, overall just consumption of media and art just kind of like blends in together. And I don't know, it's just kind of like rock music and metal and punk and stuff like that just kind of imprints on your brain at a young age, I think. Right. It's like, it's like horror movies. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. When, when you're a kid, you, 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 you hear something, you're like, oh, 
Like that's, that's, that's me. That's what I'm like. Yeah. I'm down with that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's happened to me a few times in my life. Right. I've had a lot of like different, uh, you know, I have my eyes open to a lot of different things just from like, you know, the extreme end of things to, you know, old classic music that, you know, just kind of found its way into my playlist and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I feel like that's, it's healthy, you know, it's healthy to have that like expansive you know vocabulary of things but you know my friends just tell me to shut up they stop talking about music stop talking about <laughs> books and shit like, who cares who cares about that band or whatever and I'm like what do you mean it's like the whole fucking world yeah, exactly. you know what I mean and it's like you know having that kind of it was bizarre to me that people don't have that kind of passion and, right like, don't want to dig deeper into the things that they care about mm-hmm. or, or like want to be part of it like want to contribute to it and that was one of the things I saw as a kid, like going to Welland shows and stuff like that. I saw like a Dana Deathwish mm-hmm. and In These Walls. Like, I was at In These Walls last show. Nice. And um, like seeing like there was people like crying and they're like, no, don't go. And I'm like, this is a fucking local band. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And so it just it just showed me at a very young age. It was like, this shit is important. It's just as important like yeah. as, you know, your, your you know, big name stage bands sure. that, that play the festivals and stuff like that like your shit is just as important absolutely and uh, as i get older um you know people don't necessarily respect somebody who's still hanging around at shows when you're like in your 30s but i'm 34 Fuck and it. i'm like I, I feel like uh you know i there's no need to explain yeah. i've been doing it for 20 years yeah. and uh it's just been part of, like it's just what i do yeah and um i'm glad that you know, in my, in my twenties and stuff like that, I had the ability to make so much music that I felt was like pretty much what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I tried my best to, to put my, my own feelings and my thoughts into the music. And sometimes it's chaotic. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's just a story that I made up. Sometimes I'm speaking directly from my own perspective. Sometimes I'm not. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I exercise a lot by doing that. Right. And, um, you know, it's always been an outlet. And there's been times when, you know, a band had broken up or something like that where I'm like, well, I'm just a vocalist. So, I mean, this is probably the it, it for me. Sure. I'll, I'll probably, you know, nobody's <laughs> going to ever ask me to do this again. Right. Or like nobody's going to ever want it because I'm not going to start anything. I'm not going to write a song or anything like that. Right. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm never going to stop consuming media, mm-hmm. but I may, might not be asked to perform, you know, on a stage or anything like that mm-hmm. again. And I've had those thoughts before. But, um, you know, thankfully I've still got you know, friends like Chris who, Making you know, he's, he's just constantly writing stuff and he's like, come on, can't come hang out and like, like, let's do this. And, you know, every time that I was bummed out about a project that fell apart or something that didn't work out, I was like, you know, it's always with him. So, you know, I'll always, always back that guy. Oh yeah. Super hard. Right on. Are there any Ontario bands have caught your, uh, like interest within the last couple of years or so? Anything that's really po- uh, popped for you? Uh, well, there's a there's a band that's out there right now that I've been watching from afar. I've never seen them live, but uh, Loose Teeth. Yeah, that band looks very sick. They shred. Moore's Verum as well is a pretty cool style yeah. that I enjoy. Um, uh, but you know, just going back to the bands that I like am around a lot that I I I, you know, would would name out is uh, Lapsaria, um, Lovelace. I'm not, uh, I'm not is, sure if Lovelace is still a band. I'm pretty is sure Lapsaria still doing stuff too. I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah. They're kind of one of those bands that's always going to be doing stuff. They they're like they're they're inactive for periods, mm-hmm. uh, and then they come back. And um, you know, I'm always going to keep an eye out for what they're doing. For sure. Um, you know, reality denied, of course. Like Absolutely. when it comes to hardcore, um, you know, Deadly Game. They just played a, a gig, you know, in Hamilton and yep. stuff like that. And I saw some footage of that. I was like pretty stoked. I don't have a car right now. I'm driving my girlfriend's car for the time being because oh really? Uh, I've uh, I I had a jet. Uh, I have a a vibe that I cubed <laughs> and uh I'm, i just bought a new car it's nice. a jetta but it's getting safety right now so i oh, have it on though 
and uh, so I haven't been out to shows lately. But uh, and Last Wretch, yeah, you know, like who can say like who can say enough good things about a band like Last Wretch who plays that like super catchy, um, you know, uh, metal zone, you know, just crushing type of death metal. Yeah, and uh, like on that Gatekeeper wave, <laughs> and, uh, Gate Creeper, and um, Cothra, right? Cothra is yeah, amazing. Cothra. Uh, Temple of Night, uh, you know, there's 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 a lot in Niagara to be proud of right now, mm-hmm. and um, you know we're we're kind of lacking in venues. Like we've only got warehouses as a, as a reliable venue. Um, you know, we used to have so much. We used to have Bones uh, place, but she moved out to the yeah. area. Green um, room, green room. There's so much DIY spirit mm-hmm. in Niagara. It's one of the crazy things about Niagara is uh, like I. I never really got, I never really ingratiated myself in Toronto too much. I wanted to build something here in Niagara. Mm-hmm. And that's why like in that, that time period of without and, and, and plague women ism and stuff like that, it was like, we were, we were playing a lot of shows in Niagara and Hamilton area, mm-hmm. not so much in Toronto, but uh, you know, not to, not to talk down in Toronto, but you know, we, we just felt like we're too bridge and tunnel. We're not of there. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not, we're not from there. Um, you know, it's it's you know, if you're able to make the trip out there every weekend and, and you know, ingratiate yourself with the people and, and mix it up with the people there, you can you know, you can become, you know, friends with people from there, but you're still Niagara, you're still you know right. what I mean? Right. And there's been some bands in the last little while that have kind of really put a spotlight on Niagara and like how creative we really are. Totally. Um and uh, it's always been a thing. Yeah. It's, it's it's not it's not something new. I mean no. like you look back to even Alexis on Fire, it's like is a homegrown thing. And, um, you know, I just remember being in awe of them and attacking black and stuff like that. And it's like, these are guys from here. Like, you know, I don't have to go to Toronto to see a band that's like world class. Yeah. And now you see Dan Romano playing overseas and, and, you know, having these big, big audience and stuff like that. Big and doing festivals. like different, different, you know, phases of their career. It's a beautiful thing to see. And it was like, it doesn't come from there. It doesn't come from there. It comes from here. Yeah. Welland and St. Catharines and, you know, uh, half these kids grew up playing Red Square. I know, I, uh, on St. Paul Street, yeah, or, or L three, or Rockfords, and now we don't really have much of that. No, you know, and um, you know, there's only so many slots at a place like, uh, like Warehouse. Like you can book a show, no problem, but you know what I mean. There's, it, it's interesting that there's not like, there, you know, the, people have to migrate to St. Catharines as like the, the epicenter now, mm-hmm. and smaller shows do happen. There's, That's there's, just it. There's there's third space uh, in the falls that I've seen, and Taps does like pretty regular shows with bands like Revive the Rose and yep. stuff like that. I feel like Revive the Rose and Red Coat are like the last kind of, oh, and that uh, Sky Sky Caught Fire band. Yeah, like they're the, like the last bastion of that well in scene that was so right. popular back then. Like back when you could go to a show and see like. 350 kids and stuff it was yeah. like it was night but that was also kind of a nightmarish time i yeah. look back i look back on it like that was fun but some shit definitely could have gone down that would have been pretty <laughs> pretty controversial if it had gone down today yeah like yeah. like very drunk underagers and stuff like that there was yeah. like a like people passed out and and like almost dying in you know outside of well and legion i just remember walking by somebody who was like being like coached back to life by like two or three of their friends in like the well days and stuff like that just trying you know this is this is like a common thing out there people were getting like too yeah. drunk yeah back in those days and yeah. they were all like they were not you know again these are all underage kids in a well hall completely drunk off their ass mm-hmm. and uh, not doing too well i i you know 
know, never really got too deep in that stuff. I was more a psychedelics guy myself. <laughs> but to, to the point where they had to make that rule, right? Where there was no uh, uh, re-entry. Right. No re-entry. <laughs> you can't go out and get drunk in the parking lot. Which, you know, I mean, as a, as a band member, like, I can't tell you how many times I've spent, you know, so much time in a van or standing outside of a place. And, right. you know, just like, I'm not going in because there's not, they're not going to let me back out. Right, right. <laughs> but... Yeah. You know, I, again, like learning the ups and downs of shows and like being in, you know, a, you know, a, a young kid is like, it, it was formative for sure. Mm -hmm. And as I got older and started playing shows and going out to other, other cities, that stuff barely exists. Or if it does exist in very small pockets. Right. And when I started that, that Facebook page, Meltdown Niagara, yep. that was kind of born out of that, that, you know, traveling around. Like when we did shows with Center. And, and, you know, we'd go places, we'd meet bands and, mm -hmm. and, you know, you just kind of like have a short, you know, what's up, whatever, watch their set, you know, hang out a little bit and that sort of thing. But, you know, you might not ever hear about that band that much no. if you're back in Niagara. Like if you're not in, if you're not in Barrie, you know, you might not hear about a band like Prison who, you know, I don't think they broke up a couple years ago. Right. Um, but, you know, you might not hear about them, but they're fucking great. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, it, even if they weren't, you know, they weren't doing too much in terms of touring and stuff like that you can still hear about them i would still post their demo a little write-up about who they are what they do and um you know everywhere we go we're just like opening up these like new little pockets of like new bands that are they're really good but they just don't really have anybody to push them or like nobody to tell them like hey you should keep doing this you yeah should keep pushing this on you mm -hmm. know and i feel like we had elders that that kind of that helped us with that right for sure like cam schwartz like you know kind of gave that encouragement to without and and you know gave that encouragement to in general just to keep doing it because he was such an og in niagara falls and, yeah you know he's just one of those guys that i feel like he knows a lot about show production mm -hmm. and just you know how to how to do it right and um you know learning from him uh you know, obviously, and just watching him, you know, how he carries himself in the area has been uh, inspirational. Are you still doing Meltdown? Uh, no, no, not really. Uh, I think once uh, once COVID hit, I was like, ah, you know, I just really have the energy for it. Sure. And um, I don't know. I, I, I think it was the biggest thing about, about that whole period of time during quarantine. Was just, I was kind of drained for, for, like, energy to do almost anything. Yeah. And then when we started doing Hellish Rebuke, I was like... I don't know. I was like, man, there's so much uncertainty about it. And getting on the bus every time was, you know, because I didn't, didn't drive at the start Right, of right, right. Uh, getting on the bus to go out there. And, uh, you know, we're just like, man, this is sick. But, like, I don't know if we're ever going to get to play a show. I don't know if we're going to ever get to, to record this. Um, but the more that we kept doing it, the more I was, I, I, would, I would get excited about it. And it would give me, like, a little bit of... A little bit of a boost every time I leave, nice. we leave the jam space, and I'm like, yeah, this is turning out sick. Like we we should keep keep pushing this and keep trying it out. And um, when we finally got time to got around to doing the the demo with Dave, it felt like such a release because it was you know so much so much had gone on in the time from we started jamming to this this recording. It was like uh, kind of a bit of a time capsule for me. I'm looking back at it like, damn, we really. You know, we, we really survived all this crazy shit that was going on in the world and, and came out with something that I feel kind of reflect. I feel like it reflects a lot of the tension and, 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 and you know, that sort of stuff, the, the, the fear and paranoia that's uh, that's <laughs> that's come out of all this, you yeah. know, and uh, I'm. I'm looking forward to playing it for sure live, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll be one of those bands that never plays live and, and just releases records and, sure. you know, uh, 
apart from this one interview, probably <laughs> not, you know, <laughs> we've, we've ruined the mystique of Hellish Rebuke in this one interview. The, yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. Like, um, I, I feel like there's so much that comes out of, so much that's come out of this area. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we have to keep that going. Yeah. You know, and, absolutely. and if it's not, if it's not, you know, me, if it's not you, then who is it going to be? Exactly. Right? And uh, I have so much respect for you uh, and oh, what, you, you. what you do here, uh, you know, to showcase bands. Like, it's the same thing I was trying to do with Meltdown Niagara. Yeah. Just trying to put a spotlight on people that are, you know, they're important. Like, you Absolutely. know, a lot of these a lot of these people that you're talking to are important to, maybe not important to people on the other side of the world, but, you know, for this particular area, um, it means a lot. It means a lot. And, uh, I mean, it steered me away from a lot of bad shit in life. Right. Being involved in music. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I never really got too crazy into into drugs or or alcohol or, you know, like I, I of course I enjoy those things. Right. But <laughs> but yeah. I'm not. You know what I mean? I I feel like I could have been a lot worse off if I didn't have like this this to focus on. And, yeah. And, and um, it's always been like a love of my life to to um, support and boost what I think is good and what I think is cool. It's got like voting with your dollar a little bit when yeah. you, when you, when you see something that is, that you feel personally you connect with, throw your dollars at that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and totally. if, you, if you got pals that do shit that you think is cool, shower attention on that, you know, make sure that, you know, wear the merch. Like I see you wearing like every, every other podcast, you got a different band shirt on. And yeah. I'm like, that's sick. Like that people, you know, I didn't do one today. Just, oh no, no, that's <laughs> you did. You did an appropriate dress for today. <laughs> for sure. But you know, I mean, you got to boost it. You yeah, gotta boost people, and you got to help people along. There's too much like performative bullshit. That's just like, it. People don't people 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 say one and act another. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not about sloganeering and and being like you know putting some you know threatening messages on a t-shirt to make yourself seem tough and shit like that right it's not it's not about that and um <laughs> it's it's just funny to see people just kind of posture and flex so hard you know uh when you know really we're not it's not we're not in competition against each other no and um you know it's <laughs> some people are definitely competing but i don't think that it's a competition and, no. and you know we gotta we gotta make sure that everybody gets hell yeah every time <laughs> exactly right? and uh you know, we want to have full. We want to have full rooms for your show. Yeah. How do you have fully? How do you end up with full rooms for your show? You support everybody. You, That's you, just you it. Put, you put, you know, what you put in, you get out of it. And um, you know, I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta be as uh, as as open to it as possible. Because you know, if you don't, if you don't spread the word you know who will yeah you know and that's why we need people like you phil we need oh, people thank like you. you and uh you know putting on the shows you're putting on has been just fucking awesome hell yeah let's get into some anecdotes with each other for sure man. so let's talk about some of the wildest stories you've experienced being in bands and working with bands whether it's in the studio or on the road or anything in between or yeah well you know i mean i hate to say that what i do is touring Right. You know, I mean, I say tour, but I mean very loosely because I've never really toured for longer than like two weeks. Yeah. And uh, I feel like that's one thing that I want to get out there too. This is more posturing shit. People say, oh, I, I, I love to tour. It's <laughs> like, bro, you went to Barry. <laughs> but I don't know, like uh, going to Montreal has always been an interesting time. Like right. I love Montreal. It's a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. My mom lives there. 
and um, playing at the Catacombs was really, really fun. Oh, cool. You played there. Yeah, we played there on a tour uh, with band Swamps from Florida and uh, Prison, and we we did like a little bit of a jaunt up there, and it was super packed. Like, people in Montreal go off for heavy music and stuff like that, and this was even without. And um, we brought our pal uh, along with us to help sell T-shirts and stuff like that, and we're just a bunch of Anglophones (laughs) in French town, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, whatever. We're being stupid. We're making jokes. Uh, (laughs) You know... (laughs) Uh, you know, whatever we're 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 hanging out uh, and and drinking beers, smoking outside the venue, and uh, we go inside and play and set up our, our shit and play, and uh, I can't find Zach. Like, where's Zach? Zach is in the pit, and uh, he's getting his his jacket like ripped. Like, I don't know, he's getting bounced around a little bit. Okay, okay. So I'm like, oh shit! Like, I noticed immediately what's happening. Like, he's gonna go down. <laughs> we're like so far from home. You know, they could, like, strip our car and leave us there. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who, like, I don't know who he's fucking with. Yeah. Like, you know, God bless Zach. Like, he was just trying to, you know, show a little bit of energy, a little bit of enthusiasm. Yeah. But I was like, oh, shit. So we all had to drop our our instruments in the middle of our set and run out there and break up this fight. It was like, yo, stop it, stop it, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, it's, it's, you know, whatever. It's done. It's over with. And so they, they kicked Zach out. So we had to kind of like lobby to get Zach back in. He's like, no, he's our merch guy. He's watching our shit for us. Like, we need him in the venue. You can't you can't break his neck tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, so they let him back in. Everything was cool. But it was just like, I never really like, like, I never really had that happen before where like somebody, like, I never, you never had to stop a set for a fight, stuff like that. But it looked like it was going down in Montreal that night. So That's it had to be time. done. But whenever I go out there, there's always, there's always some like shenanigans to get into. Uh, another without tour, I got like way too high on mushrooms. Like I got, I got like I went into a fugue state and uh, I was seeing fractals and sure, you know whatever. And uh, I was pacing around the yard and it was like as a punk. But but I was I was trying to be a hero and you know the band that was playing. I was I was watching the guitarist play and I was like just picking from this bag of mushrooms and eating it. And, you know, I don't know. I wasn't really watching my portions or anything like that. And by the end of the night, I was just walking through Ottawa. And um, I like I just realized that I'd walked, like, way too far. I had no idea where I was. <laughs> really? So I was looking around, and I'm like, some of this stuff kind of reminded me of Niagara Falls. Okay. Like, so, you know, it kind of looks similar to streets in Niagara Falls. So I'm like, I figured if I keep walking, I'm definitely going to find something that looks familiar. Yeah, yeah. So I just keep going, and there's, like, people around, like, like walking around. But I'm tripping way too hard. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, I can't. Okay, focus on you. Must keep walking. Must find something <laughs> familiar. So I'm walking, and then finally I get to water, and I'm like, I have no idea where the hell I am. So I gotta like pull out my phone, and I'm, I'm like, I know. I'll check the band thread. You know, I'll check the group chat. Yeah. And I pulled up the the the. It was Leaky Bees. Right. Right. Shout Leaky Bees. Yeah. <laughs> Ask a punk. Yeah. Oh. Um, Calvin McCormick, That's another right. uh, amp Shout wizard. Out to Calvin, yeah, an amp wizard and and cannabis connoisseur from my younger days. <laughs> you know, he uh, he helped us out with finding some really crazy mushrooms. I don't yeah, know what the hell was in those things? But it was like, <laughs> I don't know. I thought I, I thought it was being like you know funny by eating so much and it was like by the end of the night i was like whimpering in a chair while like there's like four different cameras in my face they're like filming me having like just a basically like the most epic you know i was like i went i went fetal i i curled up oh no yeah that was with hellbent right that was with hellbent yeah yeah i think that might have been uh i can't remember the gentleman you had on guitar but he had long hair and uh can't remember what his name is now but it was it's been so long oh on guitar yeah 
Oh, that was one of our first guitarists we had. Yeah. Dan. Dan, yeah. Dan, uh, uh, he plays in his own thing. He's doing his own thing now. I can't remember what he's up to. Yeah. I think The Streets Are Our Own. That might be his Nice. Band. Yeah, okay. But yeah. he's, uh, yeah, he's still doing stuff. And uh, yeah, Hellman's gone through a couple of stuff. But that, that was our first quote-unquote tour right yeah like, thing that we were calling ourselves or like, like you guys you guys do proper tours like you guys we've you, done guys, you guys went to the east coast and in that whole thing yeah like i don't know like no respect to you right and mm-hmm. i feel like that was one of the big things that in my 20s that was was i was really proud of is that we were kind of like a self-contained unit yeah we had our own place to to record we had a van mm-hmm. we had all of our own gear like you know we weren't going around asking hey can i borrow your shit people yeah. were borrowing our shit you were often backlining the, right almost we'd, every we'd, show we'd bring we'd bring the the because we wanted the shows to sound good yeah right and like you kind of have to curate stuff a little bit when you're doing shows too right like, when i was doing shows for meltdown niagara i would that's right make sure that there was always somebody there to photograph mm-hmm. i mean sure, you know there's like certain things you have to do to make it like make it sick but with right. us like we had we had everything that we needed to have like a band and go on the road and do shows right mm-hmm. we could do it ourselves 100 percent mm-hmm. um you know some bands i knew would would like drive around like they'd tour in cars they'd have like a head on their lap and stuff like that and i'm like well you know well, we're taking it seriously like we want we want to um you know bring a, a live show to you that's gonna yeah, it's gonna be 100 every time like, mm-hmm. we're not gonna have to like you know scramble around to get our shit together at the last minute and um you know that was that was always a proud point for me but um touring has always been really hard on me i hate the downtime and driving around and uh you know the waiting to play yeah and by the time you get on stage it's like yeah i'm just i'm drained from a day of like hurry up and wait yeah and uh you know everybody that i talked to was like yeah don't you just love touring so getting on the road i'm like "Ah, not really like i'm (laughs) i'm like i've had mcdonald's for like four days straight i had to sit next to somebody who's like just talking about cannibalism or something like that we're just having conversations And, uh, you know, it, it's not always the nicest time. No. Even no. when we had the van, we had some pretty wild times because we crammed some people in that van. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember one time uh, in without Davey Davis Maxwell, uh, he <laughs> he was very sick on a trip up. Okay. And um, this was pre-COVID. So, like, you could be next to somebody who was sick and not be, like, sketched about the it. The fuck? Yeah. And, um he he was he was so sick and he was dying and and we were all in the bus together and i just watching him suffer was not fun but like you know we're still on check out this live league video is let me get hit by a train you know we're like we're <laughs> we're you know just laughing it up in the back seat and he's just like dying and he had this bucket of of it used to be for windshield washer fluid okay and he's like spitting in it and spitting <laughs> in it and then at one point he like Ralphed in it. Oh no! And I'm like, it's just this jug of like loose Ugh. fluids that was hanging out in the bus. Jesus! And it was like, you know, this is one of those moments where it's like, this is not, this is like unflattering. <laughs> you know what I mean? This, you you understand why people go for like the big tour buses down the line when you get your you know your legacy tour, right? Right. You know, <laughs> when you're when you're like one EP blows up twenty years later, and yeah. you Finally get a bus. That's right. And you're like uh, nobody's gonna puke in a fucking tub of I think I don't know I, I I don't know what was in that by the end of it it was a it was a odd color there could have been piss in there it could have been any number who of knows things. lung butter and just, just turn. yeah not to make you throw up on this will be the first podcast puke <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any go to gas station snacks when you guys are when you when you are I like I like roasted peanuts there you go yeah. uh 
I don't know what it is about chips. Like, I could eat a lot of chips, but I get sick of them. So, sure. like, gas stations usually have, like, peanuts mm-hmm. and uh, energy drinks. I drink a lot of energy. I'm drinking an energy drink right now. Oh, there you go. I just don't want to burp on camera, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sugar-free energy drinks and, and peanuts. That's, like, the whole, it's the whole shebang. That's, That's the game, it. eh? Well, you know what? Um, there's a period where you used to have Cliff Bars all the time. Right. Um, and like, those are pretty good for just a quick snack and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I really spent more time like driving up for, for summer vacations as a kid than I did really like touring. We just basically go to Montreal and yeah. Ottawa and, and like little small towns all over the place. And it's funny. Cause like a lot of the, a lot of those tours, like have been with you guys with center or Hellbent, yeah. you know, and, uh, it's always a good time. You know, and, you know, um, I think the last grindstone and center tour we did, we had like that, <laughs> uh, we, we had a show at that. Hotel Fifty Four place. Yeah, had, it was like a haunted house and shit. Dude, I love that place. That was what I did for a job as a kid, like um, for from like fifteen to like twenty one or twenty two. Like nightmares, nightmares and screamers. Like Niagara Falls is big for that. You have a lot of haunted houses there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I started off at nightmares because I had a buddy that worked there, and I worked there for like a couple summers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was amazing. It was like the most lawless, like you know, unsupervised, you know, situation. And, <laughs> nice. you know, like there's, there's, you know, a lot of real terror that goes down in those walls. <laughs> and then I moved to Screamers and I worked there uh, for, you know, another couple summers. Um, even Shane Tyro, I got Shane Tyro a job there from Wildside. Cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we, you know, scared the hell out of people. I dressed up in a Michael Myers costume and stand out in so hill and stuff. And like, that was, that was, you know, again, it, it just kind of leads to like all this lawlessness that, that I've always kind of, sought out in life like i've always had a problem with authority so i would skip <laughs> skip school i worked jobs where you don't really have to work right i you know hung out with people who just kind of did you know all they did was music and yeah it's kind of like a bohemian surroundings yeah and just kind of something that i've always been kind of attracted to is just kind of like people doing what they want to do and not really listening to what people have to say yeah and that's uh <laughs> that's kind of like how how i you know how i carry myself to this day is like was march the beat of my own drum and tried not to uh, really listen to <laughs> the masses so much. <laughs> but I like uh, I, I don't know like that's that's something that you build up in uh, in in music too is a sense of individuality and and you know like this is what I'm about this is what I especially in hardcore yeah there's so much again there's so much like sloganeering and so much like people just like I'm this I'm that and it's like you know <laughs> I I'm just me I've always been just me and uh, I feel like when I come to when I you know people. People know that I, I usually approach things with a lot of honesty and a lot of like upfront, you know, outspokenness. And um, I just try to, you know, keep that, keep that going. <laughs> nice. Try to keep, try to, try to keep that, uh, that reputation as a, as a, you know, a, a local guy that you can trust and come to um, for their opinion and, you know, that sort of thing. That's, that, uh, I can't think of anything better than that. Mm-hmm. Just being an OG and selling into my grandpa metal phase. Nice. You know what I mean? Do you have any pre-show rituals? Um, I do drink beer uh, before and during the set, but mm-hmm. I don't really have anything specifically that I do. Sure. I might do some like warm-ups, like just quick warm-ups. I just roll my, I, I try to roll my vocal cords like as much as I can, just like, you know, I don't know. It's, it sounds goofy, mm-hmm. but if you, if you, uh, if you pay attention to like what your voice sounds like after one show of going all out, yeah. like it, it, you know, it, there's no difference like the next the next day it's uh you know you're you wake up and you're completely gone yeah you realize you got to do something to like you know if you're going to play more than one show you got to like do some kind of you know exercise something, something 
people do throat coat tea. Yeah. I never really did throat coat tea like no, that. No, I've never done that Does either. it really – I don't think it really helps. I've had one time where I had somebody give me uh, Sepacol spray. It's okay. like a throat spray. Yeah. But what it does is it numbs your throat. It doesn't like stop – it doesn't give you your voice back. <laughs> it just numbs your vocal cords to the point where like it, you can't speak. Okay. So one time – I think I was trying to do vocals for one of my older bands. Yeah. Um, sprayed in the back of my throat and i was like Ugh, i couldn't talk i had nothing uh-oh and uh so we had to come back another day and do it over again but oh, uh, damn. yeah like i just thrown my voice out from a show the night before yeah sometimes even on tour that'll happen i'll yeah. get like two or three days into a a run let's mm-hmm. call it and um you know i can't speak i can't talk i'm just like squeaking into the mic but <laughs> turn everything else up yeah 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 you know? <laughs> now if Let's say Hellish Rebuke is at the the level of Metallica. Okay. You guys are selling out arenas. What is the Rockstar Green Room Rider? What is in the Green Room waiting for you? You have an unlimited budget. I don't know. I feel I feel weird about that because it's like I've never had anybody try to cater anything to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially in the, like the kind of music that we play. It's right. like, you know, you're lucky you get a place to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And yeah. like there's a lot of bands that tour even internationally that come to a country and like they might have a writer, but there's no guarantee that they're going to get everything that's on Right. Here. That's just it. And um, so, I mean, for me, uh, what like – 150 brown M&Ms in a bowl. You know what I mean? What do <laughs> yeah. you need, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, probably just uh, some some beer and some, some chips. Nice. Let's go real light on it. Yeah? You know, I'm not trying to, you know, maybe like... Uh, no horror movies playing? Maybe a, maybe a tray of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Or like I could ask for like specific things like, uh, you know... Deathmatch wrestling VHSs from the nineties. Yeah, I like that. I'm a big I'm a big wrestling fan. So oh yeah, like, that's like my my true passion. When you were when you were talking with Hardcore Warrior about his backyard wrestling yeah. phase, I was like, this that that's your that's your moment. If you were a wrestler, then what would what would be your character? I don't know. You, you know what? Thought of this? I'm, a, I'm a big fan of like high flying lucha libre. Yeah, those are super cool. I've you know what I mean? That. Uh, and uh, Japanese wrestling and stuff like that. But I feel like probably since I have no skill and no athletic ability, it would probably just be deathmatch wrestling where they just cut each other up with, with yeah. pizza cutters and stuff like that. Like Nick, Ga- <laughs> Nick Gage is a deathmatch wrestler who's chronicled on that show, Dark Side of the Ring. Cool. Everybody should watch Dark Side of the Ring if you haven't. Check it out because it's great. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, it's pure drama. Yeah. But they did one on Nick Gage and he basically just smashes people with light tubes and cuts some pizza cutters and stuff like that. Damn. I feel like... I feel like I could that like that's my mode. That's you know shit. what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> to get the blood flowing and the juice and like people don't know this but modern day like WWE is PG. Yeah. So no wow. swearing, there's no blood, there's no like there's violence but it's like pretty measured, yeah. Yeah. you know, and they're like sports entertainment type shit. Deathmatch wrestling is completely different. In Japan they do like exploding barbed wire Jesus. piranha match something like that there was like one where there's like a bunch of piranhas in a tank and the loser gets his head dunked in the piranha tank oh but god thankfully piranhas only go after dead meat right, right? right. they're not going after like a live body like that but it was uh, it's pretty crazy and that's like it's just something that always like, comes kind of, up as a skeleton as, as a kid i was always kind of blown away by that and people are like yeah like wrestling's fake i'm yeah. like this guy is he's being put through a barbed wire table <laughs> yeah exactly he's Tell exploding. me what's fake. yeah <laughs> That's wild. So I think I've only just got one more question for you. Yeah, man. Um, if you can, uh, give me top five all-time favorite artists. If you can't give me five, give me three in no particular order. If you can't give me favorite artists, maybe something just of what you're listening to right now. Okay. Uh, well, let's do five all-time. Uh, Black Sabbath. Nice. Um, Discharge. 
for punk bands. Cool. Um, artists, like, I guess we're going all time. Oh, any yeah. Artists, anything like that. Um, geez. Probably, let's see here. Morbid Angel. A. Um, Megadeth for me. And Black Flag. There you go. These are like these are bands that have all kind of like shaped me in one way or the other. Yeah. And um, I feel like you know I've I, I've come across a lot of different bands that I that I would call my favorite band. Yeah. But for like all time, there's like formative bands, and there's like what's your favorite punk band, right? And right. I, I could rattle off like ten or fifteen different ones. But, uh, <laughs> if we're talking about from this area, yeah, I'd probably go keep it up. Cool. At the mercy of inspiration. There you go. Um. The Kill Decibel. I'm talking like all of like Ontario. Yeah, like yeah. Southern Ontario. Yeah. Because right? these are all bands that, that toured around frequently. So. Right. Um, keep it up. At the Mercy of Inspiration. The Kill Decibel. Uh, Urban Blight. And let's give me a, give me a, give me a fifth one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a fifth one. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw out a weird oddball one that I feel like not a lot of people would talk about. Uh, there is a band called Like You. Okay. Now, Like You was a, a band that was, I believe it was Shane Tyra on drums, Derek Snedden, who was a friend of mine on guitar, yeah, Kyle Payton on bass, yeah, and the singer uh, kind of switched from a few different people. Yeah. The first one was Dave O'Connor, um, you know, who went on to do TV Freaks. And, right, right, right. And uh, Vatican Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Burning Love, stuff like that. And um, they were kind of like, they were like a dark hardcore band before any of us were really into that sort of thing mm-hmm. it kind of like it was an interesting turn because at the time i was getting into like darker heavier punk s- street punk crust punk mm-hmm. bands like tragedy his hero is gone uh man is the bastard stuff like that and uh and infest and uh they were playing this like really kind of fast punk style and they played some shows with uh a, like a global threat which is like a, this amazing hardcore band street punk band uh, and, um, I just remember like seeing that and I'm like, man, like the, I, that was, that's like what I want to do, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I was mm-hmm. like kind of jealous of them. Cause I was like, man, I, this is the kind of music that I wanted to play at that time. Like I, I was seeing it happen right in front of my eyes. I was like, oh damn, like we can do that. Mm-hmm. You can do that. You can make that kind of music and you know, you can be from here and just be some guy and you don't know, have to be like, you know. Yeah, like yeah, you know, the singer from Tragedy is like this really like hardcore, like he like, <laughs> it looks like he, he belongs in Mad Max or something, yeah. you know? And, you know, we're not that, but, you know, we could make, we could make music that kind of sounds like that. Sounds like you know it. I mean? And that was kind of like, even in without, I feel like there was elements of that kind of style of like, like kind of like hardcore that was played with a little bit more of like a crustier edge to it. Right. You know? Right. All right. Well, do you want to just uh, roll out the social media uh, platforms? And if you have anything else you want to plug, now would be your time. Hell yeah. Uh, so Hellish Rebuke. Uh, that's pretty much it, man. I'm not, uh, I'm not doing anything else for the foreseeable future. This is cool. like, this is our baby and, uh, immortal shell is out now. It's on Spotify. It's on all your streaming platforms. You get the Instagrams. Uh, yes. Yeah, at hellish rebuke death. Cool. Uh, and Bandcamp or hellish rebuke dot bandcamp yep. com. And, um, yeah, like we only have Instagram for social media because, you know, of course, mysterious guy shit going on. Yeah. But, uh, we got tapes coming out soon. Cool. That's all going to be on the band camp. We got shirts coming out soon. Right on. Um, hopefully we'll be, I want to do some hats too. Those hats look sick. Oh yeah. All you tonight hats look sick. Yeah. They're great. I'm like super jealous. So I'm like, I'm like, (laughs) we got to get our logo on a hat like that. Uh, but yeah, like ultimately just, uh, you know, making music uh, with Hellish Rebuke going to shows um you know if you see me out then just say hello and say what's up because you know we're all in this together 
That's just nobody. It. Nobody's nobody's cool. A f- a f- nobody. Um, you know what I mean? Like rising I, tide floats all boats. Right, right. And the, again, like you've got to till the soil in order to have shit grow, and you have to you have to be out there. Shake your hands and kissing babies. Yeah. <laughs> in order to, you know, just, just, you know, make sure that things proliferate and kind of get bigger. And, and, um, you know, Niagara has always been some like kind of like a hidden gem, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um, you know, it's crazy to see people like look when, when that, uh, uh home, the homegrown festival or whatever, the, the, the born and raised festival mm-hmm. is happening here. I was like, oh yeah, people, people forgot that St. Catharines is a place where like cool shit happened. Yeah. And it's like, no, we, we had seen, <laughs> you know, we had like, we had, we were like a epicenter for shit. So yeah. it's like, it's weird. People like that pup guy was like, oh, you know, you better, you know, if we're going to play there, you know, it better be with Lexus on fire. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? Like, if you were playing here, you'd be lucky to play with Dan Romano. who's like, that guy's like, again, <laughs> like this guy is a, a world-class artist. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, totally. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I hope that, uh, you know, through our endeavors and the things that we do that, that you do and that I do that we can make other people see that you can do it too. Yeah. Hell yeah. And, and, and you, you can do it better. Yeah. (laughs) You could, you could do it better. You could do it, you know, more brutal, faster, slower, uh, backwards, forwards. Um, and just make sure that you do it. Like, you know, be true to yourself and, and, you know, again, Sloganeering, you know, doesn't get you very far. You know, you can only eradicate all scum for so long. Right? Yeah. You have to, you, you have to be a real person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So be a real person. Be uh, a real you know, person. Be, be friendly and and uh, and that's the only advice I can really give in, in in punk music is just to do it yourself and and you know just you know don't be afraid to shake anybody's hand and and you know make sure that you're you know because we're all the same we're all the same and we're just trying to express ourselves and. You know, my expression is no different than your expression. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right on. We'll end it there.